Stand with me if you would and turn to Romans chapter 8. And um, we'll get started tonight. You know, when we think about promises and God, I think those two words go together. If any two words go together, the word promise and the word God um, go together for us as Christians. And, and so in four weeks, we're, we're just talking about a few of those promises. We started off um, talking about rest and the promise of rest. And then last week, um, Brother Ben talked about the promise of grace. And today, um, we're talking about the promise of God's goodness. In Romans chapter 8, a very familiar verse of Scripture, it says, And we know that all things, verse 28 of Romans chapter 8, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Let's look Lord in prayer tonight as we begin. Lord, I thank You for Your Word and, and tonight for Your promises, the promise of goodness. And Lord, in our lives, I pray that we could just see how You are working things out. Um, for our good. And where we can't see, Lord, I pray that we could learn to trust You even more tonight. That You are a good God, a loving God who cares about us and knows every detail of our life. And You, you have a plan to work those things out for, your, for our good if we align with Your plan. And so tonight I pray that we just take these truths and these thoughts to heart and rest in Your promise. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. You know, when you think about God's promises, really His promises are just His assurance to us that in, even in difficulty, we'll all face difficulty, but He is there for us. He wants to take care of us. Um, there is hope, regardless of what we face, with His promises in hand, we understand that there is hope. Have you ever made a promise and thought, what in the world did I just do? Man, that seems so good. But as soon as it came out of your mouth, you thought, wait a second, how in the world am I ever going to fulfill this promise or carry this out? That, that's us. That's humanity. That's what promises are to us. At our best, we keep our promises. At our worst, we fail. And sometimes we even promise things we know we can't follow through on. That's who we are as humans. But as God, His promises are complete. His promises will be fulfilled, and His promises can be relied on. The definition of a promise, um, God's promises, would be His pledge to us. They would be equated to our right of what to expect. It would be grounds for hope of eventual success. It, it has been termed a benefit. God's promises could be termed a benefit conferred on us. And one man said it this way, a, gracious, a gift graciously bestowed, not a pledge secured by negotiation. A promise is who God is to us. Uh, the promise of salvation. The promise of a home in heaven. The promise of His, His rest, His grace, His goodness. All those things are who God is. And it's for us to identify who we are as this person that God cares so much about. In our passage tonight it says that all things work together for good to them that love God, who are called according to His purpose. This is clearly a conditional promise. The promise of His goodness has a condition, and, and that condition is that we are aligned with His purpose. For God to bestow His goodness on us, we can't be going our own way, doing our own thing, calling our own shots. No, it's for us to identify, Lord, what's your purpose for me? 
as I align with His purpose, then I experience His blessing and His goodness and all the things that come with that. That's the promise. To understand His purpose, we have to work with our understanding of who God is. So just pause for a minute and look back and understand from Scripture, who is God? Well, John chapter 1 tells us, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In other words, in the beginning was God, is God, the Logos. It says that all things were made by Him. Which brings us to the first accounts of Scripture. If you turn it just for a moment to Genesis chapter 1, let's just look at who God is. The Logos, the Creator. And, and this is really, creation is an account of His goodness. Just read for a minute. Um, in chapter 3, ex explaining the first day, it says, And God said, Let there be light. In Genesis 1 verse 3, And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. Or in other words, light is the expression of God's goodness, His creation. Everything about Him is an expression of a good God. The third day of creation, the Lord created water and land, and then He created the earth, and it brought forth fruit. And in verse 9, it says that it was, verse 10, it says, And God saw that it was good, talking about the seas. And then he, the earth brought forth fruit, and God saw that it was good. Again, His creation, the following days of creation, expressions of His goodness. The fourth day, God created day and night. In verse 18 it says, God saw that it was good. In the fifth day, God created fish. And what did God see? That it was good. He created animals. He created beasts. And God saw that it was good. Verse 31, the last verse of chapter 1, God saw everything He made. And behold, it was good. We go on to chapter 2, God created man. And God, man was alone and God saw it wasn't good. It was not good for man to be alone. He created woman. He fixed that problem. Everything about God is, is expression of God's goodness. He created order. The Word, the Logos, was in the beginning. He created order out of chaos. And He has a plan. With His creation comes a plan and a purpose. And it's our responsibility to align and understand um, what God's purpose is, to align with His purpose. In Psalm 139, it tells us in verse 15, My substance was not hid from Thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in Thy book all my members were written, which in continuance or fashion when as yet there was none of them. God has known all of us for all of time. And, and with that comes His will, His purpose, the condition for His goodness as we align with His plan and His purpose. It doesn't take us long to figure out we get out of line. All of us do. If you've raised kids, you understand. Give them an instruction. Expect them to follow through from year one through year 18. Not going to happen. Kids will not align completely with their parents in the same way we as adults and as humans don't align with God's plan. But at any point in time, if we make the decision to realign ourselves with God's plan, with God's purpose, then we're the recipients of the beneficiaries of His promise for His goodness. He can work things out. We can mess things up, 
But is it unbelievable to think that God can then turn around and work things out if we choose to align with Him? That's what He's challenging us to do. If we align with Him, it will bring Him glory, not ourselves. We, we find ourselves distracted. We find ourselves busied. We find ourselves confused as we try to work out our own plans and work out our own purpose. And we find ourselves oftentimes at odds with God's plan and God's purpose. But the moment where we decide, wait a second, this isn't getting me where I want to go. I'm not accomplishing. I'm not, I'm not fulfilled like I know I should be and I can be. I'm going to go ahead and stop. I'm going to put pause here and I'm going to I'm going to take time. I'm going to realign. God, what do you want for me? What's your plan for me? What's your purpose for me? Because I understand if I realign myself with you, if I turn from my plans, from my way, and I seek your plan, your way, your purpose, then, then you're going to bring goodness. And that goodness in my life is going to bring glory to you. You can spend a lifetime trying to bring glory to ourselves, and we're never going to find the fulfillment, the satisfaction, the peace that God intends for us is when we align with God's plan and God's purpose, and we bring Him glory. If we get this wrong, if we spend our days trying to align our life with our purpose, we miss out on so much good and so much God intends for us to do. God's working things out for good in our life, even where we can't see it, where it's hard to see, when there's difficulty, when we're facing things we can't understand. It's important for us to have faith in God's sovereignty. God is a great, big, all-powerful God. Chris just sang about it, how good God is, how powerful He is, how, how much his, his knowledge exceeds our knowledge if we just align ourselves with Him. So what's one area where God is in application, working things out for our good? He says He can work all things out for our good. Well, where does He do that? On a daily basis, He does that in our homes and with our families, the place of our birth, the place where we're raised, the place where we go home to, the place where we spend the most time. God wants to work things out for good in your family. It's the place where you invest the most time. But it's often a place that we can take for granted. It's often a place where we experience some of our deepest hurts. You think about Joseph, a man who is misunderstood in Scripture like no man was probably ever misunderstood by his family. He was mistreated. But then ultimately, God used him to deliver his family. We're familiar with the story. Here Joseph is. He's a young man doing what he ought to do, what any young person would do that, that cares about their parents, loves their parents. Joseph loved his dad. He is faithful. His dad gave him assignments. Hey, Joseph, go check on your brothers. Your brothers are, are taking care of the sheep. They're taking care of the flocks. They're, they're traveling around from place to place. I need to make sure everything's okay. Everything's going well. And so he took that assignment seriously. And he served his father. But all that spying wasn't appreciated by his brothers. They, they took it personal. They became defensive. So not only was he, 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 was, he was taking on these assignments from his dad that, that his brothers were offended by, um, he was the favorite of his dad. Because he was close to his dad, because he followed through with the assignments, he became the favored son, the youngest son, the baby of the family. So his dad made a special coat and he honored him. And again, this just grated on his brothers. It wasn't anything he had done. But then God favored him as well. And he had these dreams. And he saw, hey, 
you know, God's favored me even among my family. And, and he express, expressed that to his brothers. And all of that added up to them planning to kill him. They had heard enough of him. They had enough of him. They were tired of their dad's favorite treatment of their brother. They were tired of being spied on. They were frustrated. They were, they were just done with Joseph and hatched a plan to kill him. Well, Reuben knew if this plan, if they fell through with their plan, he wouldn't be able to sleep at night. And so he came up with another plan to auction his brother off as a slave. He felt like I can lie to my dad and I can still sleep at night. And so they went through that plan and auctioned him off as a slave. But even as a slave, God was still working things out for good in Joseph's life. His plan was not lost on Joseph because of his brother's devices. No, God had a plan for Joseph, and Joseph was faithful. He continued to serve. Like he, the character that he displayed as a young man, now character in his older life, and, and he was promoted. And then he was mistreated, and he was jailed. And he was a servant to his jailers, and, and he helped those that were with him. And again, he was promised deliverance, and that, that promise fell through. And you think about Joseph's life up to that point, and he had to think he lived the absolute worst life of any person who had ever lived. Can you imagine being Joseph, being in jail, um, being promised, that, or being told, hey, just take word to the king and help me get out of here. Nothing Joseph did ever turned out right. Nothing Joseph ever said was enough. Nothing Joseph ever did was, was taken at face value. Joseph was in jail as far as he was concerned for life. And then Joseph was given the opportunity um, to stand before Pharaoh and interpret a dream. And God used him in that way, and he's promoted to second in power. And he delivered the nation of Egypt. He delivered his family, and God used him. And, and in the famous and most um, well-known verses of his life, in Genesis chapter 50, I'll just read these verses. Genesis 50, verse 19 and 20. Joseph is able to say at the end of his life, after all the difficulty experienced, he, he's able to go back and reflect on God's goodness because he has aligned himself with God's plans. He said to his brothers, Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am, in the am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. Because that's who God is. Because regardless of our circumstances, regardless of how you're treated, regardless of what your family thinks of you, uh, regardless of if your children appreciate you, regardless of your siblings give you the, the, the um, recognition for, for your care and love for them, regardless of if, if your parents understand you, if you understand your parents, regardless of what's going on in your family, regardless of the difficulties you face because of your home life, there's a great big loving God who's sovereign, who's all-powerful, who's all-knowing, who, who's all-loving, and cares deeply, and has a plan and a purpose that's written out long before time. And all, it's, all we're responsible to do is just align with His plan, and God will work all things out in your family, that place where you invest so much and often can bring so much hurt. Have you ever felt misunderstood at home? Have you ever been mistreated? Have you ever held up your end of the bargain and a family member didn't? Stop and assess for a minute. What's God doing? He's got a great big plan for you. You might not be able to see it today. 
It might not be clear right now, but God's promised that He can, that He will, if we align with His plan and His purpose, work things out for good. God's working things out in your family for good. If you love God, if you're called according to His purpose, He's working things out for you for good in your work. Second to family, for the men here and, and many women here as well, your work will be the most invested area of your life where you spend so much time and you give so much of your best energy. We invest energy, we invest time, but often we also encounter difficulty in our work. It's part of the curse. It goes back to the Garden of Eden where God worked things out for good in creation, but Adam and Eve managed to mess things up. And where work was supposed to be fulfilling and satisfying, and, and God left Adam and Eve in the garden to tend the garden and keep the garden under perfect circumstances, they managed to mess things up and suddenly work becomes difficult. Work becomes hard. Work becomes labor. And again, we're misunderstood. We're mistreated. You could feel like you're in a dead end with no way out. You know, Scripture commands us to be a witness. And who do we encounter more to be a witness to than our co-workers? But how does that go over? Not every co-worker is ready to listen. Not every co-worker is ready to accept the message if we share God's Word with them, if we are a witness to them. We can receive pushback. We can, we can um, undergo persecution. God told the children of Israel, hey, you're going to have difficulty, but it's important. If you're going to continue to follow me, it's going to be because you remember the past and you look back. You can be in a difficult situation at work. You can be in a difficult situation in your job. But pause and stop and look back at who God is, how much He cares about you, how much He knows. He says He's numbered the hairs on our head. There's nothing that escapes Him. He has a plan, regardless if we can't see our way out. God is not wasting the circumstances in our lives. God's not into that. He has a plan for the circumstances of our lives. There are no missed opportunities for God. If we're aligned with him, with him on a daily basis, He has a plan. God does. It's bigger than any coworker, than any boss, than any vendor, an attorney, a project, a contract. Anything that we encounter in our daily life, in our work life, we have to understand God's plan is better. God's plan is good. I remember when I was a 17-year-old boy away from home and working for the first time. And, you know, our home, we talked about our family and difficulties. Sometimes the, fam the difficulty you, had, you encounter at home, especially as a teenager, that's the difficulty God's using to train you for what's coming in the future. You know, if you push back and, and you rebel and you reject your parents as a teenager, God has more extra work to do as an adult. It's important for us to submit ourselves to God in every circumstance, and God will use those circumstances to help us to grow, regardless of how difficult they are. It's our responsibility to submit ourselves to His plan and our purpose. I remember being away from home at 17 years old, investing all I could in my job, and being completely misunderstood. And I, and I was just blown away. How could I invest so much and care so much and, and do my best and be misunderstood? And I remember I was faced with decisions and, and faced with obstacles. And, and all I was left to do is to pray, Lord, this was not my intention. This was not my plan. I don't appreciate being misunderstood for how much I've invested and how much I've cared. Lord, can you work this out for my good? 
And, and I remember going back in and, and continuing to serve, continuing to work, continuing to do what, do what I knew to do. And what did God do in that little circumstance? In that early first blip on the radar of difficulty in my life, God worked things out amazingly for my good. I couldn't see that when I was being misunderstood, mistreated, and, and misassigned motives. But God had a plan, and, and I had to align myself with His plan. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't see it clearly, but I know who He is, and I know He's a great God that loves me and can take this circumstance that appears to be difficult and appears to be hard, and it was, and it wasn't something I would have chosen, but God had a plan that was a good plan. You will face difficulty at home. You will face difficulty at work. And if you stop and align yourself with His plan, God can work and will, has promised us. He'll work those things out for our good. God is working things out for good here at this church. Oh, this is the place where we worship, where we fellowship, where we grow, I trust, and where we serve. But Satan, what is Satan? He's constantly sowing seeds, trying to destroy the good work that would take place in this place. In John chapter 10, it says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what Satan is doing. You know, we can invest all we do here, and then what is Satan doing? Well, he's trying to sow seeds of, of maybe strife or unforgiveness or jealousy or pride or anything Satan can do to destroy the unity of this place. Scripture teaches for this place to be what it ought to be, it requires unity. Well, what does Satan want to do? He wants to destroy unity. And he does that through the circumstances of life, through the weaknesses of our character, through the weaknesses of others' character, where those seeds are being sown and, and division can grow, Satan is seeking to destroy. But the second part of the verse tells us that Christ has come. It says, I am come that ye might have life and that ye might have it more abundantly. Satan is on the attack and he is trying to destroy the best things, trying his best to destroy our lives and the life of this church. But Christ came so that we can have an abundant life, so we can experience everything he wants for us in this place and in our life. You know, if you're in a season of goodness, and many of us are, it's important to not take it for granted. Many of us are experiencing God's goodness on a daily basis where we can rejoice in what God's doing in our family, where we can rejoice what God's doing in our, in our job, in our occupation, where we can rejoice in what God's doing here in this place. It's important when things are good not to take His goodness for granted. It's so easy when things are good to, to lose focus and not stay aligned with His plans and His purpose. But when we're, we're experiencing God's goodness, let's reflect on where that goodness comes from. In all these areas where, where we're experiencing His blessing, it's coming from God. If you're in a season of difficulty, maybe you're experiencing a lifetime, what you feel is a lifetime of difficulty. Stop as well and know God has a plan. God's promised us that He will work things out for our good, regardless of how difficult it is, regardless of the obstacles we face. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, the Lord says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. What's He saying in this passage? God's ordered our steps. 
while our path is difficult and the obstacles we face often overwhelming, God knows where this is leading. And it's leading to a good end, an expected end, an end where God has blessings that are beyond our comprehension, beyond something we could anticipate. God has blessings for us. And His goodness, we'll experience that in every area of life that is not off limits to God. So many times we get caught up in making this area of our life, this compartment off limits. And suddenly we want to wonder, why am I experiencing difficulty here? We make this other area of our life, well, this is, this is my, my area that's off limits to God. And suddenly we're experiencing difficulty here. Next thing you know, we're overcome with difficulty. And if we just stop and think about it, God's promise of goodness for those that love Him, that are called according and live a life according to His purpose and His plan, He promises us His goodness. Tonight in your life, as you look at this promise, are you aligned with God's plan? Are you resting in this promise? He has a promise of goodness. He, he's a good God, a loving God, a great God who cares about you, cares about me deeply, and He wants what's best for us if we align with His purpose. Stand with me, if you would, tonight.